Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about something because it's been coming up a lot in my life lately, whether it's in different conversations or on other podcasts that I'm listening to, or as I've mentioned a couple times before, I think on the show, as I'm re-listening to lectures from IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, where I was certified to become a health coach, and it's coming up a lot in what I'm listening to there. And basically, it's about learning to advocate for yourself and take your life into your own hands. So I wanted to talk about that today. And a big part of it really relates to the fact that you know your body better than anybody else. And you know how you feel, you know how your actions and habits impact the way you feel. And it's also really important for us to understand that when given a chance, we do all intuitively know what our body needs, you know, much like a lion or a tiger or a bear or whatever would know. They know what they're supposed to eat. They know how to take care of themselves. They know when they need to rest. We do innately know these things. There's just so much conditioning that's created a space where it's hard for us to remember that. But understanding that if really we look to ourselves, we do know what we need. And also our body itself is really actually very amazing as much as we love to beat ourselves up often about it. It is very much a self-healing vessel and in many ways it can heal itself as long as we're fueling it and caring for it properly. So that is a really big way that I wanted to definitely open it up by saying that we do all in some way know what we need and that our body is very smart in and of itself and it knows what it needs and can repair itself in many ways. We just have to take care of ourselves, which can be challenging in and of itself, but obviously that's something we talk about a lot on this show and something that we all know is not an all or nothing thing and every decision that we make can support our health in some way and you just make the best decision you can in the next choice. They don't all have to be perfect. And something else that I did just want to mention because I'm a woman, I imagine probably most of you listening to this show are women as well. And often women's concerns when it comes to our health can be dismissed. And whether it's kind of dismissed as it's not as big of a deal as we're making it sound or that we may even be like kind of making things up. But the truth is that there is a lot less knowledge when it comes to women's bodies than men's, especially when it's related to our hormonal functioning and all of that and how that impacts the other systems of our body. There's just a lot less knowledge out there medically, scientifically, pharmaceutically, all the different ways when it comes to our bodies. So again, we know what's going on. So it's very important to be an advocate for yourself and know that you're not making things up. If you're experiencing things, they are real. And if they're a big deal to you, they're a big deal in general. 
So a big part of taking our life or our health, really both, into our own hands is understanding that our bodies are interconnected. So Western medicine, as we know, focuses on the individual parts of our bodies and dealing with symptom management. So really, it's just kind of putting out fires. It's like a -a whack-a-mole situation of what seems to be happening in the individual parts of our body, when really, if we want to resolve the issue for real, we want to get to the root of it. Because typically, all different things are probably a symptom of actually the same root cause. And unfortunately, once we are... Uh, prescribed our first prescription medication for whatever it may be, lots of times that ends up creating side effects where we end up needing additional different medications to deal with them. And I mean, I'm sure anybody that's listened to any advertisement for a prescription medication and they run through the side effects, you're like, why would anyone ever take this? Yet when we're in a situation where we're dealing with a symptom that's really uncomfortable and a doctor is prescribing it, We just kind of hope that we don't end up having those symptoms. And I mean, don't even get me started on the fact that we're advertised prescription medications that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world and really doesn't make sense in the first place. But basically we end up getting trapped in this cycle. So whether it is you're taking statins for high cholesterol and then you have joint pain, so you're constantly taking anti-inflammatories or you're taking really any of the plethora of different medications, which say that they could ultimately lead to depression, and then you end up being on some kind of antidepressant. And then of course, just in general, the overprescription of drugs, period. And of course, things for anxiety and depression, which can end up, end up leading to dependence. And I'm not saying this to upset anyone who is already in this place of being on one or many prescriptions, because it is possible to make a shift and begin transitioning away from some of these things to different herbal remedies or doing different lifestyle nutritional changes to rebalance your body and resolve your issues. So you can hopefully ultimately lower some dosages or maybe even go off medications completely. And again, this is not to say that nobody ever needs a medication, but it's very clear that we're being overprescribed medications for issues that we could really resolve with lifestyle changes like eating healthier and taking care of ourselves in other ways. And if you do wanna go the route, if you are someone who's on different medications right now and you want to try and transition away from them, of course that's something that you would wanna work with a doctor. So I would obviously suggest a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic practitioner because they are going to do exactly what we're talking about. Really look at the root of what's happening instead of just playing that whack-a-mole with your symptoms. But if you are somebody who is not down that road yet, not on the prescription medications, but you are starting to experience some different symptoms, this is kind of the perfect time to start being aware of how our body is so interconnected and the different things that we can do to support it. Because especially if you're someone who is experiencing multiple different symptoms and they may seem like they are unrelated. So for example, somebody may be having a skin rash and joint pain and issues sleeping and bloating. Like this is not uncommon for people to be experiencing multiple different symptoms that are seemingly different parts of our body. So you might be like, well, for that rash, I need something topical probably, so I'll go to the dermatologist. For joint pain, I'll take some Tylenol or Advil. For sleep, I can just take some over-the-counter sleep aids and bloating, I'll get some GI thing like you know Pepto or something like that. But in reality, all of these symptoms and really 
all symptoms and diseases in general are pretty much due to inflammation, which begins in our gut. So I'm going to just kind of briefly explain what exactly inflammation is and how we end up in the state of chronic inflammation, which then ends up creating these multiple kinds of symptoms, which lots of people are experiencing because chronic inflammation is pretty ubiquitous at this point. It's something that tons of Americans are experiencing. And again, it is the precursor to pretty much all disease. So that is kind of what we know is the the first step in being in this real like disease cycle. So basically, what is inflammation? Inflammation by nature is a good thing. It's our body's way of fighting off something external that is threatening our body and it's supposed to fight it off. And then once that's done, the inflammatory response will end and you will go back to normal equilibrium balance in your body. But the issue is when this becomes chronic. So different ways that this can happen is we, in our gut, have our gut microbiome, which probably most people are aware of this by now. It's the trillions of bacteria that live within our gut and do everything from not just metabolize the food that we eat and absorb the nutrients, but also helps with detoxifying our body, regulating our moods, producing neurotransmitters that make us feel all different kinds of ways. So our gut is our second brain and a lot of different things in our body happen within our guts. But those bacteria in our gut, otherwise known as our gut bugs, there needs to be a specific balance of them in order for us to be functioning optimally and feeling really good. But unfortunately for a lot of us, we end up experiencing dysbiosis, which is when the bad type of bugs outnumber the good. And basically this can happen for multiple reasons, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But when that ends up happening, the balance of your gut bugs has a it has an impact on the way your immunity and your inflammatory response works, but also it ends up creating a weaker gut lining. So basically, when you think of inside your body and outside your body, normally we're thinking of the outside world being, of course, anything that's like outside of our skin and the inside being the inside. But actually, everything that comes in our mouth that we eat or ingest in any kind of way is supposed to kind of pass through this part of our body and our digestive system and like come out the other end and never really interact with the inside of our body. So like our bloodstream and things like that, unless it's been processed and it's been specifically pushed out into our bloodstream and our cells and all of that kind of stuff. So basically what happens is we have this intestinal lining that's only one cell thick, but it's very important that it stays intact because we don't want things leaking out into our body that are not ready to be out there. And basically that's exactly what starts happening. So there ends up being openings in our intestinal lining and stuff that's not supposed to be making its way into our bloodstream is there. So whether that is undigested pieces of food or medications that we're taking that haven't been fully processed are making this way into our bloodstream and then our immune system is saying whoa whoa what's this and they're fighting off these intruders and what happens is obviously we are ingesting and we're eating multiple times a day every day so every time we do that and something makes its way out of our intestinal linings and into our bloodstream our body's creating this inflammatory response So hence chronic inflammation because our body's in this constant response to these things that are making their way into our bloodstream that we are not supposed to be seeing in that part of our body. 
And what ends up happening there is our immune system, which is that inflammatory response, is in overdrive because it's constantly dealing with all of these things that are coming into the bloodstream that it's not ready to be seeing there. So that's kind of worn out and tired by doing that. And then it also starts to get confused. And this is what can lead to things like allergies or autoimmune diseases. Allergies, it can be when it's seeing something over and over again and it decides, I no longer like this thing at all. So that could be if we develop allergies to, let's say, dairy or corn or nuts or something like that. And then autoimmune diseases can often be where the body is just so confused because it's constantly fighting all different things off that it actually starts fighting itself. So this is basically how our immune system and inflammation can be completely out of whack by various things that can happen throughout our lives that get our gut into this situation. And that is the root of all of these other symptoms that we end up experiencing because it can materialize in all different kinds of ways. Like I said, it could be a skin rash, it could be joint pain, it could be bloating, not being able to sleep, um, fatigue, on top of that, all different kinds of things, you name it, it's basically a symptom of inflammation. So now that we know that our gut health is obviously very important, what are the things that drive our gut being in the state that it's in? So some things are things that we can control and some things unfortunately are not. So for example, the mode of delivery that we were born has an impact on our gut health. If we were born by C-section rather than vaginally, we miss going through the birth canal and absorbing some of that gut bacteria from our mother. So we have a not as diverse gut right out of the gate, which puts us at a disadvantage. But actually, now that they have discovered this, they're actually starting to swab babies that are born by C-section so that they are being implanted with their mother's microbiome, which is really amazing that we can do that. Because obviously, again, it would be ideal for us to be born vaginally, but there's some situations where we can't be. Another is diet in infancy. So those of us that were formula fed have less of a, um, a less beneficial microbiome as we're in infancy and children. Of course, that ends up affecting us when we are adults versus if we were fed directly by our mother, again, because we are getting some of that, ba that bacteria from her. Then other things like birth control, different over-the-counter medications can have negative impacts on our microbiome, especially NSAIDs, things like Advil, because they actually affect the gut lining and make it more permeable, which as we know is a problem. Antibiotics, of course, again, antibiotics are one of the best things that's ever happened to us. There are sometimes when they're extremely necessary and life-saving, but they also can be overprescribed and sometimes especially when we were children if we were having like chronic ear infections and stuff like that and being prescribed them a lot that could have had a major impact on our gut that we're still experiencing today then there's environmental toxins can impact it stress in a big way genetics obviously always has an impact on everything to a certain extent and then of course our current diet so depending on the types of foods we're eating, those are the types of gut bugs that we're feeding. So if we are eating a healthy diet that is plant-rich with complex carbohydrates, and we're staying away from things like junky food with chemicalized ingredients in it, factory farmed meats, you know, conventional dairy, all of that kind of stuff, then we're feeding the bacteria balance that we want. 
And of course, as I said, some of these things that we don't have control over could be impacting us in our adult lives, even though we are doing the things that we can in order to promote a healthy gut. So as I said, like focusing on plant foods, managing our stress as best we can, getting quality sleep is super important, obviously limiting toxins and medications wherever we possibly can because they, of course, all impact our gut. And typically this is something where I would say like everything else, it's the 80-20 rule. We do the best we can and 20% of the time we're not following rules. <laughs> we're doing whatever feels right and whatever, you know, will make us enjoy the moment with family or friends or whatever may be happening. But depending on the degree of inflammation that you may be experiencing, your body may have an extreme inflammatory response to certain foods and you may benefit from attempting an elimination diet. And basically what you do in an elimination diet is you remove these potential inflammatory foods for at least two weeks, ideally four, and you see how your body adjusts. And then from there, you can add different ones back in, and then you can have a better sense of what's really bothering you and what your body is fine with. And also with something like this, it's not to say that you would never be able to eat the foods that bother you again, because once you repair your gut, you hopefully will not have that same inflammatory response to these things anymore, but it will take some time. So the most common inflammatory foods are soy, dairy, eggs, fish, shellfish, gluten, nuts, and corn. And the big ones there really being soy, dairy, and gluten. If you want to start smaller, those are the most likely to irritate people. And I know this sounds like a, like everything, <laughs> but it's really not. Honestly, it's how other than nuts, which I eat often, this is how I eat pretty much all the time and, and soy doesn't bother me. So I do have soy as a vegan, but obviously there's lots of options, especially if you do indulge in meat sometimes. Organic meat, of course, is very important to always, always choose that. But, you know, you're really focusing on plant foods like, um, like different complex carbohydrates that are gluten-free, obviously vegetables and fruits, and you can definitely easily survive on a diet like this. And again, this is something that somebody like me as a health coach can really help you come up with different recipes and how to make this as enjoyable as possible if it feels like it's totally the opposite of what the way you eat now and it would be really, really challenging. But what ends up happening with something like this is people feel so good that they almost don't want to go back and even start testing foods because they can't believe the difference. And, you know, people who are having a hard time even getting out of bed are like, I feel like I can take on the world. And they'll, you know, have a bite of one of these things that happens to be what's creating their inflammation. And they'll know right away that that's the problem. So it really is crazy how much food can impact the way we feel so much more than we really give it credit for. So this is really something that I urge you to give it a try. Even if you just try the big ones of soy, dairy, and gluten, if you're feeling a lot of inflammation in your body and nothing really else seems to be helping, this could really be the big unlock for you that would make a huge difference. And I also just want to take a second <laughs> to pay particular attention to gluten because just like anything else and really anything on this list, these things are not inherently bad by nature because they can be inflammatory. It just so happens that certain people's bodies have created an inflammatory response to them. 
but that doesn't mean that they're bad things. It just everybody should stop eating. And gluten is one of those things where we probably consume way too much as a society, but I wouldn't necessarily say that everybody needs to not ever eat gluten again. Like I eat it here and there. I just don't eat it every day or particularly often, but it is really important to understand that it can affect people in such an extreme way and should not be taken lightly. And people should really try to understand what the effect that it has on them is because there's way there's all different kinds of ways that you can be reacting to gluten, but especially when it comes to celiac disease, it's not an allergy, it's actually an autoimmune disease. And it's estimated that 80% of people who have it are undiagnosed. And you can experience up to 300 different types of symptoms with celiac disease, and it can be extremely debilitating when left undiagnosed and untreated for years. So if you are someone who's been struggling and no one can seem to get you an answer, I would recommend just checking out if it could be that celiac is your issue. It's not the first thing that people jump to, but it, it, can, be, it can be really debilitating for people who have, who have it and have not been diagnosed or treating it. So just back to our guts, another thing that's very important to remember is that 95% of our serotonin is produced there. So when it comes to our moods, they can be really deeply impacted by our guts being off. And this is something too, where if something's off, trust yourself that something is off because there's not really like a test or physical evidence that somebody else can validate your feelings, but know yourself and know that when something feels off, that you want to take action to resolve it. And again, these lifestyle and diet changes can, for a lot of people, make all of the difference. So I really highly recommend giving it a shot if you're experiencing some symptoms that are impacting your moods. And really, the, the whole point of this episode is just to trust your gut. So just know when something is up, it's always best to try and address it through diet and lifestyle before you go the route of medication. And if the issue persists, I do recommend seeking the support of a functional medicine practitioner or a naturopath because, again, they will help you get to the root of the issue as opposed to just giving you medications for the various different symptoms. And it's something that I have been going through recently is I had been having some issues with weight gain. And I was just feeling like something was up, like everything was the same with my eating habits. And I just didn't understand why I felt like I was just consistently gaining this weight that didn't feel natural for my body. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you're getting older and well this and well that. But I just knew that something was up. So I actually got a gut test, which is basically like you wipe your butt and you send off that, you take a sample of it and you send it off. I use the ombre kit, um, which I can link up into the show notes. And I worked with a naturopathic doctor to understand what my results said. And actually the results pointed directly to what I was experiencing. I had an imbalance where there's two type of bacteria where if they're in a certain balance, it makes it very difficult to lose weight and it makes you end up gaining. And the other way around, it promotes a lean and healthy gut. So I worked with her and she gave me some different, very specific food recommendations and herbal remedies. And I also had like a couple other things in there that we addressed. And within a couple months, I the weight has been coming off 
easily with me having the same habits that I've always had. And it's amazing how you can really use testing now to understand exactly what's happening in your gut and address those bacteria in there so that they're working on our side. Because again, as someone who has been living a very healthy lifestyle for a few years, I was born by C-section. I was fed formula. I'm sure I took antibiotics at multiple times throughout my life. And, you know, I took birth control for way like 20 years. So there's all different things that can be impacting our body that we can just work with a practitioner and a, a health professional who can really help us to get things back in balance so they, we can be feeling our best. So, and that was, you know, just a weight loss thing. But if you are experiencing other more serious things and you're on different medications for them, somebody like that can really help you get to the root and hopefully get off those medications and be feeling great. So just be prepared that people might look at you like you're nuts when you think that, you know, like a skin irritation doesn't need a topical cream. You just need to think about what you're eating or what's happening in your gut. But it really is so true. And something that's funny is I actually would periodically get this like weird rash on one finger. And I always was like, I must have eaten something weird. I wonder what it was. And I could never really put my finger on what was causing it. But I realized the other day that since I've done all this gut restoration stuff, I have not had that happen in months. So it really is true. (laughs) And also in general, just because we're on this topic of advocating for yourself, I do just want to mention that when you feel like something is really wrong, like if you feel a lump or something like that, do not take no for an answer. If your gut says that you need testing to confirm it's, it's serious or not, whether you're 25 or you're 70, when something feels wrong like that, you should always get it checked out for real. Even if the doctor says that you're too young or this, that, and the other thing, you need to do what is right for you. And if you feel like something is up, it's always, always worth getting it checked out. And that being said, it's always worth it to get a second opinion. Literally about a third of diagnosis or therapy for a specific issue change when people get a second opinion. So again, Be an advocate for yourself. Nobody knows you better than you and don't let anybody tell you anything different. So thank you for being here again. I'm so happy to be doing this show and to be talking to you guys. And I would love to know who's out there listening. So if you would DM me, I'm on Instagram at the.detox.diaries. And if you're enjoying the show, I would love if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And I will see you on the next one. Bye.